Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there and welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I'm Blake Lindsay and we are really happy to have you with us. Remember the first time you heard Zig and how his words of wisdom had such a positive impact on your personal, family, and business life? Wouldn't it be awesome if every soldier, I'm talking airman, marine, sailor, and coastie serving our country, could have unlimited access to all of Zig's audio and video material anytime, anywhere? With your help, this dream is indeed possible. For less than $15, you and Zig will impact the lives of our military members and their families around the world by giving them complete access to the new online Ziegler Vault. The Ziegler Vault is the online library of all of Zig's greatest audio and video programs, including his most famous bestsellers, as well as his all-time classics. If Zig's message of hope and encouragement has made a positive difference in your life, now you can help change the lives of 15 American military members when you subscribe to the Ziegler Vault. To learn more about how you can encourage our military, please go to Ziegler.com or you can call me, Blake Lindsay. Here's my number, 972-383-3268. Please do it now. Today we are going to continue on our theme from last week about the power of words. You know, what we say to our spouses, our kids, and our friends can really help to build a relationship or can tear it down. Let's turn up the speakers and listen to one of our favorite speakers, Zig Ziglar. Wendell Johnson wrote a book entitled People in Quandaries. It's based on studies done on reservations in America. They started with two reservations and noticed something rather peculiar and then expanded it to many other reservations. They discovered there was not a single full-blooded Indian raised on the reservation and taught the Indian languages and dialects. Not a one of them stuttered. Now they checked the languages and the dialects and then they understood why none of them stuttered. It was because in none of the Indian languages or dialects was there a word for stutter. And if there's no word for stutter, how are you going to stutter? <laughs> you see, there are no instructions. There's no picture. You see, words paint pictures. And then we go to work to complete those pictures. Bill Glass says that 90% of the people who are incarcerated in our prisons today were repeatedly told by their parents, one of these days you're going to end up in jail. Jim Sundberg's a friend of mine, former Golden Gloves catcher in the major leagues. Jim Sundberg was doing a prison crusade with Bill Glass one day. And they were just, during one of the breaks, they were just kind of standing aside talking. And you know, Jim Sundberg said, Bill, when I was a youngster, over and over my dad kept saying to me, you keep throwing that ball like that, son, you'll be a major leaguer someday. You keep hustling like that and someday you'll be a major leaguer. You keep swinging the bat that way. One of these days you're going to be a major leaguer. He said it was planted in my mind early on. He said, I am exactly where my dad told me I was going to be. A prisoner was standing close by. And he softly shook his head and said, well, you know, same thing happened to me. I'm exactly where my dad told me I was going to be. 
The power of the word is absolutely incredible. And yet so much of the input is negative. What do we say to our kids? We call them the terrible twos when they're really the terrific twos. Tremendous threes, fantastic fours, fabulous fives, sensational sixes. I mean, you go right down the list. And yet how many times do we hear somebody say, you never do anything right. You're always late. You never look nice. You're just plain dumb. You'll never amount to anything. You're just like your father. I mean, we hear that sort of stuff when we really need the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, the positive in there every day. I was in Atlanta in my office over there many years ago. A young man came in, three beautiful little stair-step girls and introduced him. This is the one that won't eat. This is the one that won't mind a mother. This is the one who cries all the time. Not realizing he was giving them very specific instructions. I was up in Nashville on the way down to the gate to catch a plane. I passed a mother and her, oh, I guess, three-year-old child. And you know, since Adam and Eve, there has never been a child who walked at exactly the pace the parrot wanted them to walk. <laughs> well, this little guy was kind of dragging his heels, and uh, the mother turned to him and said, Come on, stupid, we're going to miss the plane. I was in a cafeteria in Dallas, and a little girl was crying. A grandmother, the type lady, bent over and said, What's the matter, honey? And her dad spoke up and said, she's mean. That's what. She does plain mean. I was in, uh, out in Stockton, California. I was doing my jog. I ran past her grandmother and her little granddaughter, about five, six years old. Beautiful little girl. Well, well I'll tell you just how pretty she was. She compares favorably to my own grandchildren. <laughs> now, if, if, if that doesn't say something, I don't know, uh, I don't know what was. And as I ran past them, the only thing I heard was these words. They'll put you in jail for that. Can you imagine? Now, had I the opportunity to talk with that man in Atlanta, the man in Dallas, the mother up in Nashville, the grandmother in Stockton, I would say to them, if you want to destroy their self-image, if you want to discourage them, if you want to consign them to the failure heaps in life, if you want to give them higher uh, hills to climb, you keep on doing exactly what you are doing. And the same rule applies between husband and wife and employer and employee. As you undoubtedly have already noticed, I put it all together. Personal life, family life, and business life. Your physical, your mental, and your spiritual because you're a complete human being, not just part of a human being. And the sad thing is that there are so many people who are even unaware of what they're doing. You know, they, they, it's just gotten to be a habit, and if they were to keep an open recorder going in their house and listen at the end of the day to some of the things they're saying, they would be absolutely astonished. What difference do words and attitudes make? I was 25 years old. I was the youngest divisional supervisor in the 66-year history of a very large cookware company. When I was promoted... I immediately encountered difficulty. Now, in direct sales, the field manager is the key because they are in daily contact with the troops. They do the weekly sales meeting. They do all of the training sessions. And I had four field managers. In that first month, one of them had a heart attack. One of them cut his big toe almost all the way off. He was in the hospital 20 days and on crutches for the next three months. The third one uh, had an integrity problem and his people lost confidence in him and they quit in droves. 
The fourth one had been promoted prematurely because there was no one else available. The fourth one had been promoted to take my place out of that organization. And a division that was going gangbusters one month was going kaput the next month. Some of my friends started the rumor that the company was very unhappy with me because uh, I just couldn't cut the mustard, as we'd say in those days. I couldn't handle this bigger job, this bigger responsibility. Now, you're talking about a pity party. Old Zig had one, protracted one. Uh, you know, I was muttering, you know, it's not my fault. I didn't have anything to do with that heart attack. I didn't have anything to do with cutting the stove. I didn't have anything to do with that inexperience. I didn't have anything to do with that integrity problem. I'm the good guy. Why are they trying to crucify me, you know? And business kept getting worse for some strange reason. Walking down the streets of Knoxville, Tennessee, I saw a book in the window. It's called... The Power of Positive Thinking, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. I picked that sucker up. I said, boy, if anybody ever needs to be a positive thinker right now, anybody that needs help, boy, it is me. And I devoured that book, which Dr. Peale had taken the time to write expressly to me and for me. Every page, almost every paragraph, he said, now zig, now zig, 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 over and over. No, I was astonished that he had been able to personalize it to the degree that he had. And he agreed with me completely. He said, you're right. You're not responsible for that heart attack. You're not responsible for the integrity problem or the cutoff toe or the inexperience. You're not responsible for any of those things. But zig, you are responsible for you and your attitude. Now, quit your griping. Put your imagination to work. Start thinking. How can you capitalize on this? How can you make it an asset instead of a liability? I'm here to tell you there was a dramatic turnaround. Now, nothing had changed out there, but everything changed here. You see, the way you change others is don't even try. You change you. The way you change your circumstances is change you. The way you do things better is become better yourself. That is the key. Now, what just happened was very simple. Chad Helmstetter says you can't change from a negative mindset to a positive mindset without changing from negative talking to positive talking. Now, to do that, you must change the input from negative to positive. Now, what we do is we generally extract the last major deposit in our thinking and in our attitudes and in our actions. For example, you will talk more about this morning, this week, than you'll talk about it for the next two years. The reason is very simple. You'll have a lot of other things. I'm speaking to the live audience now. The people who are listening to the tape obviously will hear this over and over and over, and you'll hear the other tapes over and over and over. Uh, but this is what happens in our life. We simply recall the last deposit. Let me tell you again. Input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output, and your output determines your future. So you can do something about your input. Strangely enough, if I were to walk in your home with a pail of garbage and dump it on your living room floor, we'd have serious trouble fast. You'd either get your gun and say, now, Ziegler, you clean it up. And I'll bet I could, too. <laughs> or you'd call the law and have me arrested, or you'd whoop up on me. Now, interestingly enough, we could clean it up with some good cleaner and remove all traces of it ever been there. But everything that goes in your mind is going to be there in some shape or form. You don't forget it. It just gets buried over a period of time. 
Think about your words today as you talk to people. Are you building people up or are you tearing them down? We want to encourage you to be your best while you encourage others to do the same. What you say matters, so make it count. Until next time, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.